Hello and welcome to Publish Me, a monthly podcast series from AS21 Publishing, exploring the various steps along the journey from the idea to the page, bringing insight from an independent publishing company. I'm your host, Keith F. Shovlin, Executive Officer and Chief Creative of AS21. With me as always is... Paul Dickinson Russell, the author of the upcoming fantasy novel, The Will of the Magi. Hello everybody, welcome back to our wonderful podcast. Well, this is a the May 2015 edition. It's officially titled Chapter 2, The Rules. Now, just to catch you up, we've been doing this podcast for a few months now, uh, as we follow Paul through the writing process of his fantasy novel, The Will of the Magi. So, Paul, where are you now on the writing process? Uh, the writing process right now is actually taking me a little bit further than I had thought originally to go. My original storyline was focusing much more on the human kingdom that my main character was taking a part of with allowing the uh, reader more glimpses of the other cultures that the main character would be dealing with. However, uh, as most writers know, when you start a story, it doesn't always go the exact way you think it's going to go. So um, the journey that my characters have gone on has taken them in directions that I hadn't really considered or foreseen in terms of how deeply they are, they are delving into some of the other cultures I have been uh, creating and dealing with in terms of the other fantasy races that I have added in and introduced in my story, the, you know, the different dwarven clans I have, the different elven kingdoms I have, the goblin clans, and those kinds of issues there. So, uh, the past month I have been, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say creating brand new cultures because I like certain traditional aspects of certain fantasy aspects of these cultures and the dwarven cultures, the elven cultures, the goblin cultures. But there is always that aspect that you want to make sure that you are bringing something new to the table. So I've been uh, delving deeper into those cultures as I've been working on my writing and various resectioning I've been having to do. That's awesome. Now, uh, how many words would you say you're currently at? Because you were just over 50,000 last year. Yeah, I haven't added that many more uh, words since we last spoke a few thousand at most okay i've been you know my uh, you know i haven't in terms of the story itself i haven't had that many words in terms of my notes my notes are much more considerable right now than they were a month ago okay well that is important thing to consider writing writing a book it's not just writing the actual story Uh, you need to put in a lot of planning time Mm -hmm. and on your notes can be just as important in the long run, especially when dealing with a fantasy epic, because there, you have to make sure you're keeping all the elements of the story straight. And, you know, once you set up those uh, original ideas for certain characters or peoples or cultures, you have to make sure you keep to those throughout the entire length of the story, mm-hmm. no matter how long or intense it may get. Exactly. One of the, uh, I'll I'll give some details right now as to what's been going on with me at this point. One of the fantasy races that I am 
introducing a small part here is a troll culture. With most fantasy writings, trolls aren't given that much credence as intelligent creatures, as uh, civilized creatures. They're generally seen as mercenary monsters, things that you see in small groups, you know, never more than a couple, a handful of individuals. But part of the culture shock that my main character is going, is experiencing right now with his immersion into the life he has at the college that he has gotten to and he is now learning at and sort of suffering at is having to deal with all of these other races and having to deal with the prejudices he has as, you know, a country boy coming in there with those preconceived notions of what you know, he has thought about these various races, the issues that the civilized people in the city have over him and these creatures, and then the actual encounters he's having with them. And being that it is, you know, a massive city, there are members of all the races, and in particular right now, the troll race that I'm dealing with. And for me, the trolls are a highly advanced highly civilized group of individuals whose culture would be, for most people, on par with traditional elven cultures, which is something that most people probably find intriguing and an idea that most people probably will not have heard or seen before in most fantasy settings. Okay. Uh, now, since last month, uh, last month we were trying to get a few more people to follow our Twitter feed and it didn't work out too well. This month I tried a slightly different tack, and we have two more followers. <laughs> so welcome to at Social Media Writers and Ravencraft Publishing, our newest followers on the Twitter feed. I also posted to our Facebook page this week, letting our many Facebook likes know that we will be recording the next month's episode and asking them if they had any questions, comments, complaints, and... Nothing. So, obviously, either we're doing something right, or... We're... Uh, we're uh, I think we're doing in. something right. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah, that's that's working out for us. Oh, uh, by the way, during last month's podcast, we talked briefly about what kind of podcasts we listen to, and I rattled off a, a whole bunch, because I, I listened to over a dozen different podcasts, and you listed a couple, Paul, that you listened to. I actually started listening to a new one this month. It's new to me that you might find interesting. Oh, it's called Celtic Myth Pod Show. All right. That sounds definitely interesting to me. I could probably find some use there. Yes. Uh, it started way back in ye old 2008. Each episode is about 30 minutes long and they do a different section of ancient Celtic myths where they're, so it's sort of like, a radio drama, but with Celtic mythology. That sounds fascinating to me. Definitely something I would, I will be checking out within the next couple of days once I have a little time to download all of them. Yeah, they seem to be when they started, they were doing it once a week. In fact, it looks like in 2014 they only released five episodes, Oof. and they've only done one so far this year. Oh wow! So I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm still, uh, I'm only on episode 10, 
so I'm really early in the process still. But I mean, well, any podcast series, none, nothing can go on forever. You, I mean, you run out of people to interview. You run out of things to talk about. Uh, but uh, you know, so not everything will go on, and just like this podcast will eventually end. We've been we've been doing it for a little while now, and we like getting together and talking like this. But you know, there will reach a point where we'll get together and talk and not have the microphones recording everything we say. At least. Not purposefully having microphones record everything I say. I I do live in Washington D.C. and I'm not too far from the NSA, so you never know how much is being recorded. Probably the second feed. Yeah. <laughs> so now the real meat of this month's episode. Last month, Paul gave us wonderful insight into the characters in the story, or at least the characters that he had written about up until this point. So, of course, we will have to revisit that further down the road when he has more characters to tell us about or perhaps more details about those ones he already did. If you, if you would like, if you hadn't heard, I urge you to go back and listen to that month's episode. Uh, it's a little bit longer than our normal ones, but there's a lot of good stuff there. So this month, we're talking about the rules. As with any good fantasy story, you have to have a sturdy set of rules that you stick to. If not, you risk losing pretty much everything. Losing the reader, losing the story, losing the point you're trying to make. Yep. So with that, Paul, it's all yours. Alright, thank you very much, Keith. One of the sets of rules that I think most people, when it comes to a fantasy realm, are generally interested in is the rules of magic. How does magic work in your in your universe, in your world system? And especially since my main character is a magic user, how does it all function and work? The way my magic system works is all energy is connected, which is a fairly easy concept for most people to understand. And all energy comes from various sources. The biggest source of it and the easiest source to tap into for... Magic users is from the Earth itself, which, depending on which of my cultural groups you at you look into, the elves will say it's a sentient source uh, that the Earth is a separate entity from the various uh, pantheons of gods and goddesses that I have. The dwarves will say that it is a aspect or a part of their worship as a part of their gods. That the power comes from them. The humans aren't, again, as civilized as the dwarves and the elves. And with the kingdom that I'm in, their particular pantheon does have a goddess of magic. But she is not attributed to having produced the source of magic herself. Uh, she is more seen as, you know, someone who keeps magical knowledge. And you can learn from her how to use your magic better. But the magic itself, from the human point of view, comes from, again, the Earth itself. And they, and you're born with an innate ability to channel or use certain amounts of magic at any given time. And this ability can be enhanced over time. You can become stronger, you can become weaker in it, depending on how often you use it, how much you use. You can burn yourself out. Essentially, if you're in layman's terms, think of going to the gym. 
If you go to the gym fairly often, you have a good routine, you will slowly over time get stronger. However, there is a limit to how strong most people can get. So the individuals that you have at the College of Magic, where my main character is studying, are those who are attempting to improve that limit is the idea that they have and what they're putting out there. The politics, of course, of my kingdom of, that my main character is in hamper this and, you know, as politics always go, those with power don't want anyone else getting power and magical power is seen by many an exclusive right to the rich and powerful. So, back to my magic system. A person can pull magic from the earth and shape it. Each person has an innate ability to use and shape the magic into a particular element. This person is born with an affinity to using it for fire. This person is born with an affinity of using it for water, etc., etc. Or a particular combination thereof. I have an elemental basis for my magic, but certain people are born with an innate ability to use combinations of that magic that they can't use the individual strands of it. Like In particular, one of my main characters who might, is particularly... A, attuned to using healing magic, which is a blend of, in particular for my uh, section, fire and water magic. She can do immensely amazing things with her healing magic, but she has absolutely no idea what's going on in terms of fire magic or water magic. The two things make up her healing magic, but she can't, in her own ability, break them into their separate components and then use them separately. She hasn't learned that, and that is one of the aspects of my story that I think is relatively entertaining for most readers, in that the consistent use of these various types of magic can affect a person's emotional stability. So what do I mean by this? What I mean is certain elements affect, again, emotional states. If you use a lot of fire, you tend to be an angrier person. If you use a lot of water, you tend to be a lot mellower person, a lot more, you know, a lot smoother, you let things slide a lot, you're, you're very, you're very uh, wishy-washy kind of person if you use a lot of water. Earth, very solid people, you take some forever to make a decision. Those kind of attributes are attuned to using the various types of magic I have in my world. In my world, in this human kingdom, the people who are trained to be magi are innately only able and have only learned how to control their own innate magical power. So, if you are a student at the college, currently as my main character is there, if you are born with the ability to use fire magic, that is all you learn how to do. That's all you can learn how to do according to the rules of magic as the characters and citizens of this kingdom understand. They have met with other races. The dwarves have their own particular brand of forms of magic, as do the elves, as do the trolls. And the humans have tried to understand how those magical systems work, but they simply aren't able to do so. So this form of magical ex exclusivity in terms of 
how what you can learn to use has become the backbone of the magical system in my human kingdom. I'm sure most people who know me and most people who are hearing this will understand that something's going to happen that can change that. Yes, which is where my main character comes in. And for those of you who want to find out more about that particular detail, you have to read the book. The next piece, of course, that most people are probably wondering about, as I mentioned a few moments ago, is this aspect of taking magical power from the Earth. Does the Earth have a limitless amount of this power? No. The Earth itself has immense reservoirs of power, but when you are pulling magical energy from a particular area, you are affecting the life force of that general area. So, an area that is a, uh, a verdant, lush, life-filled area, lots of animals, lots of different plants, that area has a lot more abundant magical energy than, say, a desert. Anyone who studies actual real-world ecology, I know these people are going to argue with me, saying there is abundant kinds of life in deserts. For my purposes, in terms of the amount of energy that is imparted into the system for magic people to draw upon, there is a lot more life energy in a forest area, in a verdant forest area, than there is in a quote-unquote dead desert. Energy is drawn out. Now, part of the religious aspects that tie into this is for, in terms of our human kingdom, a religious ceremony that takes place almost exclusively at this point in the villages of the peasantry in this kingdom. They impart a spring ritual that will assist with the planting. It is a week-long celebration and a week-long offering for an abundant harvest in the upcoming harvest, as they do this just before the spring planting. This ritual is actually a, we would call it a pagan rite, where the people are affirming their bond back with the earth that is providing them with sustenance to make it through the next year. This bond in takes the people's emotional energy that they experience during the course of this week-long pagan rite. And it is that energy is then essentially transmuted into the magical life force energy that is then imparted into that area. So one thing that people will have is in, in the peasant areas, there is a lot more abundant life. There is a lot more impact on the people in their local area because of this a lot a greater affinity for their areas that the local peasantry have. The typical attitude towards the the rich, the powerful, the wealthy, to focus on the people and to ignore the outside effects, ignoring the forests, ignoring the plains, ignoring the crops, ignoring the animals, those kind of areas that are heavily focused on and entrenched in that culture and these people, the riches focus on the people, those areas don't have as much because there isn't as much give from the people back to the land itself. Um, the main character, my main character, he grows up in a village where all they see of their their betters, the higher powers, is the you know tax collection that comes through every couple of months, and then the occasional 
military recruiter for when the baron, the, this baron, that duke requires, you know, boys or young men to serve in their military. So they are having a much greater effect on their environment than the dukes, the barons, would have again on their areas. A relatively, in my opinion, it's a relatively simple system. I know a lot of people will be wondering, you know, that's one human kingdom. Are there other human kingdoms? What about the dwarven kingdoms? What about the elven kingdoms? All of those all those answers are actually ones that my character uh, has to grow and develop with as he goes about his journey, as he goes about his development as a character in my story. The information I have given you is essentially information that anyone in my main kingdom would understand when it was finally explained to them. It's not general knowledge. It's more if you studied how if you looked at things, you know, through a microscope and you looked at my kingdom as like, ah, that is the interaction there, that's you would understand that. I give you my readers and my listeners this information to help you better understand how my world is developing and growing throughout this great process. Well, that's definitely I mean, obviously you put a lot of time and effort into thinking through these rules, as you should, of course. You know. Yep. Uh, was it keeping track of the time? We've actually come, we're actually coming close to the end of our half hour. <laughs> Once I get started talking, you know, it takes a lot for me to stop, so it's merely, you know, me taking that long breath and getting a sip of water is always... Yeah, and I have to admit, I do... I mean, I try to, when you're talking, especially when you're talking so passionately about your work, I just, just to make sure, I put on the mute button on my own microphone so that I don't in any way disturb you, like throw you off your run or anything, so. Which I I greatly appreciate, although sometimes the creative mind sometimes can use that small interruption. You know, I've, I've been known to babble for several hours and people were like, you answered my question ten minutes ago, but there's so much extra I can give you. <laughs> True. So, well, I've seen that many times in TV shows and movies where, you know, like you'll cut to a person at a table or something just expounding and on this great matter and the person that they're talking to looking like, all right, can I get out of here? And then <laughs> finally, like the furthest person goes, so to answer your question... Medium well. (laughs) I think I had that the other day. I think I did that at the restaurant. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So one question I wanted to ask you, Paul. Mm. We've been doing the podcast for a few months now. Mm -hmm. Typically when you have a podcast series, you like to have things evolve with the podcast series. Like when we started out, there were a couple things that we knew we definitely wanted to have. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we definitely want to have our back and forth. We definitely, I definitely want to be able to check in with you and then move on to other topics. Right. Of course, we got some feedback that helped us, helped guide us so we could actually create a plan yep. for how we were going to move forward. Another step in that direction is I mean, several of the podcasts I listened to, it came naturally through the course of the podcast or they, uh, created it. It's just having some saying that would be a good sign-off or okay, something that we could attach to it that we could use, like a tagline okay. to go with the podcast. Like uh, 
the the most notable one I know of is the Nerdist. In, ends every episode with "Enjoy your burrito," <laughs> and that actually came out of an episode where where they were interviewing actor Rain Wilson, okay, and t- discussing his Buddhist faith, and also the one co-host Jonah Ray talking about there was a point in his life where everything was just going to hell, but he was able to just take time to sit down and eat, enjoying the burrito he was eating was just brought it brought, brought him so much joy because he just right all the stuff that didn't go well then he'll be able to, that you know just to be in the present so enjoy your burrito has become a it may sound weird but it's like a reminder to enjoy the present enjoy right. just as we're enjoying recording this podcast and you're enjoying being in the writing process of your book and mm-hmm. I'm enjoying hearing you talk about your writing process and looking forward to reading this. I'm sure I will read it several times, both yeah. before and after publication. So yes. <laughs> thinking, not necessarily in that way, but with a fantasy epic, obviously there are sayings you may have in your fantasy world that might be fitting. At the moment, I haven't given that any heavy thought in terms of in my own story, in the in the novel itself, the one phrase that I tend to live my you know thinking process by, I should say, I guess, is uh, I actually have it on my own personal individual business card. It's where there are ideas and thoughts, there are stories. That's excellent. So, where there are ideas and thoughts, there are stories. Yep. I think that does it right there. Yeah. So, okay, so starting with this episode, this month, we'll do the sign-off. I'll, I'll say my goodbye, then I'll pass it over to you, and then you get to save a tagline since it is it's awesome. yours. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> and we'll, we'll put it up on the Facebook page and everything so that I mean, it's inspirational words. It, it's absolutely true as... Yeah. So. It's, it's something that... It's a mentality I've always tried to live by purely because if I'm thinking or someone else is talking, an idea and a story will come to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care what people are talking about. I'll get a story idea out of it. So it works really well for me. <laughs> and plus, if anything, I make sure that you get the last word on the podcast as well. And it's not just <laughs> me kind of weaving it all back together. <laughs> yes. All right, so wrapping up this month's episode, thank you very much for your listening. Now, in the past few months, I've asked you to like us on Facebook. I've asked you to follow us on Twitter and, of course, to keep listening. But there's one more thing you could do. And it really doesn't take that much if you're just willing to take the time. And that's, if you could, leave us a review. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher Radio, and of course we're hosted by Podomatic. Any of those sites offers you the opportunity to comment, give a star rating, just sort of let us know if you like us. Let us know if you, if you do. If you think we're doing alright, that's okay. I mean, you don't have to send us an email, you don't have to call me or tweet at us or Facebook post or anything like that. But just, you know, Take a moment, do a quick review, 
In fact, you don't even need to write anything. If it's if there's star ratings and you don't need to write a review, just leave us a star rating. The key thing is we want to hear from you. We want to know that you're listening, that you're enjoying this podcast. And, of course, we also want to make sure we want to get as many people listening to this podcast as possible. So, and any reviews you may leave may help entice others to give a listen and get involved with Paul's story. Now, looking forward to the next month, I, was, I teased in last month's episode, today, of course, with this, the date this episode is going out is May 7th. Tomorrow, May 8th, is AS21 Publishing's first birthday. Woohoo! And we are doing a live webcast through Google Hangouts on Air, accessible through our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash AS21Pub. And you're welcome to join us. We'll have a number of announcements. We'll be looking back at the past year, all of the the great books that we were able to, you know, bring into the digital marketplace, and also the new titles we brought out. We'll be making announcements concerning the next AS21 annual, uh, future titles that will be coming out, some other changes, and of course the major uh, action of to of tomorrow is the launch of the brand new AS21.com, now powered by Squarespace. Awesome. We've been using Google Sites for the past year, and of course, Squarespace offers us a, such a better system. And it's, I, you'll see tomorrow, when, when you go to AS21.com, or you go to the website for this podcast, media.as21.com, you'll see a whole new experience. And including, you'll see, we now have individual web pages for our creatives. So Paul has his own page on AS21.com. So you'll be able to go and just type in the address and go straight to see his page and see his picture and bio and information about Will the Magi and links to the podcast right there from his own individual page. And of course, while you're there, check out any of our other wonderful AS21 creatives and their titles. And, uh, other things coming up, we have, uh, we'll, AS21 will be at the Gaithersburg Book Festival on Saturday, May 16th. So that's not this Saturday, but next Saturday. And we'll be there all day. A number of our authors will be coming out and, uh, do everything they can. And of course, we'll be there as always, pr promoting both our authors and uh, the AS21 services and just everything we will be working towards. And, uh, come on to the webcast. If you, if you're listening to this after May 8th, watch the taped webcast, which will now be saved on a YouTube channel, or visit the new AS21.com, news.as21.com, and you'll have the press releases from all of the great announcements we'll be making tomorrow. So you, do you have anything? coming up this month uh this month with me just more writing trying to see where else my story is going to take me that i wasn't expecting so i just want to say thank you for everyone who's listening it's been a great pleasure sharing this with you guys i look forward to continuing this for many more months with everyone sorry one more thing i wanted to add right. next month chapter three we will be discussing the setting of the will of the magi okay. So, alright, so check us out next month, and we'll see you then on the 7th of June.
Woohoo! Whoa, June. Summer already. Whoa, that makes my head hurt. <laughs> okay. On uh, sign off, I'm Keith F. Shovlin of AS21 Publishing, and I'll see you next time. Just always remember that where there are ideas and thoughts, there are stories. Thank you all. We will see you next month. Copyright 2015, AS21 Publishing, LLC. All rights reserved. AS21 Publishing. What do you want your book to be?